Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, former pro football quarterback and president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, Roman Gabriel III. Join us for up-close conversations with high-impact people dedicated to faith and family from the world of sports and entertainment. Remember, Sold Out relies on you, the listener, and your support in order to deliver this program. You can donate to the Sold Out Youth Foundation at soldouttv.com. Follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Check out the Sold Out program at soldouttv.com along with its mission to impact America's youth by challenging students to be alcohol and drug abstinent and teaching valuable life skills and biblical principles of success. Today, Roman's guests on Sold Out Sports Talk are former LSU quarterback and Major League Baseball player Josh Booty. If you have a chance to play football, it is the greatest American sport in the world because there's so much, so many momentum swings and adversity swings and things you have to bounce up from and get off the ground and in life and in faith and relationships and in business, you have to get up off the ground because you're not, it's, you know, it's not all W's in life. I mean, there's some L's, man, along yeah. the way. And award-winning filmmakers Pamela Perrine and Michael Dunaway. I think that, you know, even, even, in, even in a business where people are doing things for a higher purpose, money does talk and mm-hmm. profitability does talk. And I think you're going to start to see a lot more people, maybe even who are not in the faith-based community themselves, nevertheless becoming involved in faith-based film because it is so profitable. Now, here's the host of Sold Out Sports Talk, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Roman Gabriel, your host, of course, SoldOutTV.com for all information, family, and students. Uh, uh, With me, former LSU quarterback, a Tiger um, and also pro football player and a guy who uh, loves the game of football and uh, loves life. Josh Booty was. Josh, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I ask you, too, the baseball influence when you watch Mahomes play uh, for Kansas City. Yeah. You can, you can see the shortstop, second oh, base. Buddy. It's like you he's turning the double play. That's exactly I mean, what, what I think. He's when throwing I see under it. armpits. Like he's they're moving. going, oh, he's, he threw around the defensive guy. That's incredible. I'm saying, that's every day for a shortstop. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he just, he just taking it to the wrong football foot, field. The other way. He's uh, took it, he take, took it to the football field, and no one's really done that at, like that at that level, you know, in that type of game last week. I mean, I think that's what uh, that's just the difference. But a lot of kids are doing it every day. They're just not you – know, you know, they're not where in the position he's in to do it. When I was in high school, we actually went four and five wides in the 90s and no one else was doing it and the wristbands and the no huddle. Yeah. And it became something that now everybody kind of does. And and so, but but it was a brand of football that was new, that the, everybody enjoyed. I mean, how much fun is it to be a receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, oh, wouldn't you wouldn't you love to be a receiver well, on the Chiefs? Well, these days, to get in the Pro Bowl, you got to catch a hundred balls. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, me? that's the wave of the future is, the, is getting everybody involved at a very high level and everybody's production up. I mean, McVay's doing the same thing yeah, in, in, with the Rams. in Los Angeles. So that's, and that's a simpler system, but they just do it right. They remind me of the Packers. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do it in different looks, but we got about seven, eight key plays and mm-hmm. stop us. Yep, uh, yep. Josh Booty's here with us on Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel. We, we began uh, started a, a, a sports program for a mega church in San Antonio, and it's Cornerstone Christian. And my dad, he's my dad's been a coach, a preacher, and an athletic director for years. We started Evangel Christian in Shreveport. We started Calvary Baptist in Shreveport, Louisiana. Wow. My dad gave Doug Peterson his first head coaching oh, job in high right? school. Yeah, 
Uh, Doug's and, a great guy. Great guy. And, um, you know, of course, he's trained up a lot of QBs that have gone on to play college in the NFL. He coached Shea Patterson at Michigan, um, one that's in college right now. But uh, so we do, we're developing this sports program. We decided to go independent, kind of outside of yeah. the state uh, classification system and all that and play a national schedule. So uh, we can bring kids in from all over. We can kind of mentor them. We can uh, – yeah, I don't want to say preach to them, but we can minister to them. You yeah. know, there's some things that we can do uh, being a being a uh, independent that you know is outside of the you public school system. You said the key system. word with young people today. Uh, you know, it, it, it's about mentoring, like you yeah. said. It's about showing by example. It's about giving them positive role models. And yeah. you know, when you and I grew up, we had those role models to look to. And you know, when yeah. I was in college in the late '70s, Roger Staubach and Steve Barkowski were the first two great quarterbacks who talked openly about, about their, their faith, faith, right? Yep. Uh, so I was like, you're kidding, man. This Steve Barkowski is huge. He's yeah. got a big gun. He's like total gunslinger, right? Yeah. But yet he loves God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, when it, you talk about your family upbringing, you talk about your dad being a pastor, you talk about, you know, obviously being a pastor's son, there's a lot of connotations to that. But I ask a lot of guys all the time, how has faith, family, and football worked into your life in terms of how that works? It's just been huge because my dad's been the most consistent man that I know. And so, you know, and that's what I tell young coaches or guys on our staff or my dad tells us all is, like, you got to be consistent because the kids look up to you, you know, every day, every day, every day. It's like I played for coaches that weren't consistent, and I played for some that were. I played for Nick Saban. He's the most consistent guy. He's tough, but he's, but he's consistent. consistent. And so if you or you come into the building knowing what you're going to get as a player, if you come in as a student and know what you're going to get in, with your teacher, it is so much easier to believe in what they're saying. It, it becomes ingrained in you because and it's you and over and over and over. Your coaches can be a little off in terms of – I've had coaches all different personalities yeah. and all different things, but you're right. Kids, kids, when we were growing up or when kids are growing up today, all you're looking for is, is someone that you can someone hang you your can hat hang on. Hang your yeah. hat on is somebody who – it's consistent with everybody. Yeah. And somebody, when they say something, yeah. means it. Like a real stand-up guy. Yeah, and, and I, you know, so you I can, had some coaches, you and I both. I mean, 100%. coaches that cussed up a storm, but they were great coaches. You and overlooked they cared, that, but you know, they cared. They might have they been foul-mouthed, but they yeah, cared yeah. about the little things and they cared about you and and uh, the group. You know, it's like it's always about the team. But, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, I, just to be able to be consistent for the kids and to be there every day working with them. And my brother's the, the head football coach there, and he's like my dad. He's super consistent. You know, I travel a lot and do a lot of business stuff, but he's the consistent. And I, and so I, it's fun to watch all these kids kind of, you know, gravitate to guys like that. I want to ask you, you were talking about playing for Nick Saban at LSU. I know you're not surprised by what he's done at Alabama, which is just incredible. But you know, take me inside for – I talk to a lot of people and they talk about Alabama. Same thing about New England with yep, Belichick. Exactly. I hate them because they won all the time. You know, I, I wish they weren't in this thing. But in terms of you and me growing up, consistency and winning was what it, you played for. Yeah. Um, tell me for people out there who, who haven't been inside a locker room with Nick Saban, what yeah. makes Nick Saban so special with what he does? Well, first of all, he's not afraid to hire unbelievable people around him because he's, he no doesn't ego. Fe- Yeah, no ego. He doesn't think anybody's going to be bigger than him, which he's not worried about that right. at all. Like, that's his last thing he's worried about. I'm going to get the best people for the, every position. Then he coaches his coaches as hard as he coaches his players. So they are held accountable as you can imagine, right? So uh, it just it, it's top down. It's the secretary gets held accountable. The strength and conditioning staff is held accountable. Like he ha- holds everybody accountable to his standards. And Let he, me stop you for one second. 
That's exactly what Matthew Slater of the Patriots told me about really? Bill Belichick oh, yeah. the other night. It's well, exactly what you're saying. I mean, they're clones. They're clones, and and I think that's why they both had so much success. You know, Saban is. He told me another thing. He goes, "All I need is three hours of sleep a night." So that's a talent too. I'm like a guy that can wow. put in. He goes, "No one can work 18, 20 hours a day like oh, I can." Yeah. So he goes, "I got a real advantage by." not requiring a lot of sleep at night. And Holy so he smokes. goes, I get way more hours a week than everybody else. So in his mind, he thinks that he's putting in more, you know, just because of that one thing. It could be that one thing that gives him the confidence. You know, when you go on the field or when I guess he's on the sideline, you got to have that mentality, I'm the best, I'm the best. And we felt like we were the best because we were prepared at another level under him and compared Saban, to what it was when we, we were playing for other guys. All the time, right? Yeah, they do. You can tell. You could tell. And the two guys, and they're, 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 the other thing that they tell you is is that uh, I think he put it this way. It was Edelman or one of the guys from the Patriots said, Coach, Coach has a great sense of humor, but we're really the only ones that get to see it. <laughs> yeah, mean, you got to watch some of the locker room stuff that is sometimes on social media. You can see Bill kind of, you know, he, he kind of opened up a little bit and he gets the puffy cheeks yeah. and the smile. But it's not often, and say it's not often. They're just never, they're never content with any kind of mediocrity. They, and if anything is bad, or you know, if it, it, they're, they, what 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 they both do so well is, of course, they're detail oriented. But they, everybody, they put everybody to work. I'm telling you. In other places, I, I've seen guys just relax. There's yeah. no relaxing there. You know, there's no relaxing under Nick Saban. You cannot relax. If you're relaxed, you're done. You're done. Josh, you know what I'm saying? It's scary. Josh Booty's with us on American Family Radio, and um, Josh, you know, final question. Just wanted, just wanted to ask you, when you play for a person like Nick Saban, when you have, you know, in other coaches that that we both have had that maybe don't have the big name like him, but made big influences in our life. You know, today football's under attack from a political standpoint about the concussion sure. thing, and moms are scared to death to let their kids play football, and and. That has to stop. We've got to do a better job of educating people about the safety of the game and about why kids should play team sports. But I guess I was going to ask you, if you had to tell moms and dads out there the, the significance of you playing football or basketball oh, or baseball and what it, what it has done for you today looking back on the experience, what what would be some of the things you'd tell parents? I'd, I'd draw off of you know everything that – that I learned in football for sure, even more than baseball. I mean, baseball, I played pro baseball, but there's so many things that I learned because of the work that we had to put in at the college level, really. Remember, the NFL, you have to work, and there's so much uh, film prep right. and all that stuff. It's a job. But it is it's a job, but in college, you learned how to, you grew up, you learned how to run, lift, you know, be a man, handle adversity, all the little things. Because those are the, the, the years of your life, 18, 19, 20, 21. You're not even 21 yet. You're, like, you're trying to figure it all out in life. And there's so many things that the kids can learn from playing at a high level or playing football at a, at a, at a collegiate level or a D1 level. I mean, LSU, I mean, you're talking about playing in front of 100,000 fans at 19 years old. I mean, the, the kid from Clemson handled it, Lawrence, this year just yeah. unbelievably well and won a national title. It just goes, man, that guy's mature beyond his years and you can see the mature ones and the ones that aren't ready yet but I uh, that's what I would I would say to kids is man if you have a chance to play football it is the greatest American sport in the world because there's so much so many momentum swings and adversity swings and things you have to bounce up from and get off the ground and in life 
and in faith and relationships and in business, you have to get up off the ground because you're not. It, it's not. You know, it's not all W's in life. I mean, there's some L's, man, along yeah. the way. What I learned. What I learned is what you said, and what I try to tell kids today is they're a totally different generation, a totally different mindset than we were. Yeah, and I think that in life you carry that into friendships and relationships because you got to trust the ne the guy next to you. You got to, like you said, be held accountable. You got to do your job, and that's what Belichick does. Because if you do your job and the next guy does his job and the next guy, then you, then things start to happen positive for you on the field, and it's just like that in life and in business. Well, listen, congratulations with the Thank new you. school. We'll follow that. Thank you. How do how do we get information at about corner, that? At Cornerstone Football, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Facebook at Cornerstone Stone Football, Football, San Antonio, Texas. Yep. Josh. You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with award-winning filmmakers Pamela Perrine and Michael Dunaway. Visit SoldOutTV.com and consider donating to the Sold Out Youth Foundation. And follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel 3. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Uh, Roman Gabriel with you, former pro football quarterback and uh, now the president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation. Uh, two good friends, I tell you, that have become good friends. I feel like I've known Pamela forever, she, uh, you know, but we've never met until today, face-to-face. -to -face. Actress, new producer, Pamela Perrine. Michael Dunaway, producer, and uh, a guy who's made a lot of great films, and you guys got together how? How did that happen? Well, actually, it's a funny story. Uh, Pamela and I grew up in the, in the same town, Macon, Georgia, and uh, went to the same two high schools, but we crossed over at exactly the same time so that we never met each other. So we have all the same friends from high school. Uh, but we never went to the same school together, and we never met when we were kids. And we uh, we really only met about a year and a half ago mm -hmm. on Facebook, of all things. Facebook kept popping up and saying, "You know this woman." You can Pamela do that Perrine. on Facebook. Exactly. Angels and Rocket Field, pretty exciting stuff. Short film. Uh, if you have, if well, you're going to let the real people see it soon. But the mm -hmm. bottom line is, uh, really cool project. Um, combines sports, entertainment, the South. A tremendous story about a single mom, and we know you're a single mom, so we know where that inspiration came from, but uh, so impressed with your first effort. Awesome. Tell me about the story, how you came up with it. Well, um, it's, it was inspired by my story, um, and my son was really the inspiration um, when he was younger. It broke my heart not um, seeing him not have his father around, and um, I met um, an actor on a film that I worked on uh, Trey Chaney and worked on a film called The Portrait with him and we started talking about doing a film together and I liked the diversity angle so I, I threw the, the dejected young boy from a broken home in with this um, African-American rapper um, who also was from a broken home and uh, just wrote the story and it kind of uh, gelled and it, and it worked. Um, and it's a very common story that we all can relate to. We all know somebody from each one of those backgrounds. So um, I felt like we all could relate to it. And, and that was my goal was to have a relatable, relevant story that will hopefully help somebody. Well, what's really cool about the film too that I really loved is, is for uh, you know, first effort with, a, with with not a large budget, it has a much bigger feel to it. But the acting was really good. The storyline was good. Um, and I can see you making a larger film. That's the goal? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be directing another film in March, um, a short concept film. Michael's going to be coming on as the executive producer, and um, and the goal is to shoot the feature within a year, and it's going to have another strong message. Um, so, yeah, that's my goal. I'm, I'm loving filmmaking now and trying to get strong messages. And we should say this, Michael, that... Uh, you know, one of the things that's happening in the entertainment world today is that the Christian uh, side of this, the faith-based side, is finally stepping up. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some incredible faith-based films here in the last five years. As you say, the, the real proof over the last few years is that the faith-based community is hungry for movies that have faith-based content. And you, if you look at the, the budgets versus the revenue of every genre of film, Faith-based movies are among the very, very, very most profitable, and so I think that you know, even even in even in a business where people are doing things for a higher purpose, money does talk and mm -hmm. profitability does talk, and I think you're going to start to see a lot more people, maybe even who are not in the faith-based community themselves, nevertheless becoming involved in faith-based film because it is so profitable. And you know what's interesting about some of the more popular films. Um, like I can only imagine, for example, you can have a faith-based message without it being overtly, sure. you know, hardcore, where it's a little more covert, mm -hmm. live through the person's life story, as opposed to, you know, proselytizing. I am of the belief that all truth is God's truth. The truth is the truth, and the truth is part of God. Just like I think that all love is part of God. Just like I think that all righteousness is part of God. All these things are completely absorbed in God. And so as filmmakers, you know, I, I am a man of faith. I'm a Christian. Uh, I have never made a film that is explicitly a faith-based movie. But I believe that all of the films that I've made, including my three features, are explorations of the truth. Mm -hmm. And because they're explorations of the truth, they're explorations of God's truth. Again, that's love, which right. is God, right? <laughs> so it, it, to me, that's the solution to the alienation that's caused well, by technology and that kind of yeah. thing. With Michael Dunaway, producer, executive director, getting ready to do another film with my friend here, Pamela Perrine, who, of course, uh, Angels in Rocket Field, you're going to hear a lot more about that. She's got some other great projects coming up. And, you know, I find that the entertainment business and the sports business run very parallel to each other. And I think more than ever, the sports and entertainment business have collided. People today do a lot of talking. Uh, but when you talk and it's, it's, it's cheap when you don't get it done. That's right. Uh, so I think that's where the Christian, uh, our faith-based film community has really stepped up. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very impressed with the cinematography of what's gone on here the last five years. And I'm not, you know, I do documentaries and, and have done sports documentaries. But a perfect example is... Uh, what was the film about football that was done about uh, the Alabama football uh, player? Woodlawn. Oh, Woodlawn. Yeah. Well, my friend was was part of the Woodlawn project, and one of the problems with sports movies is, is if it's not real, the sports isn't real and believable, then the movie's pretty much in the can. Uh, and so I saw the film for the first time. So they asked me to look at it, and I said, well, first of all, it's the best-made football film in terms of the actual real football. It's believable, mm -hmm. which makes this story even more powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, so I took... A good test. I took my daughter, my son-in-law, my daughter who knows nothing of football, who could care less about football, and her uh, husband who's a professional surfer. So they're they're both into surfing and skateboarding and all that kind of stuff. So we took him to the film, and uh, after the film was over, my daughter looked over to me and she said, "That's one of the best films I've ever seen. It was so emotional. It was so awesome." Yeah, my son loves that. Yeah, and and it wasn't it wasn't to her it wasn't about football. To her, it was a transcendent film 
about humankind and about human beings and about what happens in someone's life, a real true story. The challenge is to tell a compelling story in a completely original way. And if you're not doing that, you're kind of wasting everybody's time, I think. Even if the movie makes money, even if people are happy with it, uh, if you're not doing something new, if you're not bringing something new, if you're not telling a new story or telling an old story in a new way, uh, it's to me it's a waste. That's not the type of movie that, that, that I want to make, certainly. And producer Michael Dunaway with us and producer-actress uh, Pamela Perrine. How do you approach the entertainment uh, movie world with the gospel and with the, the Christian walk and how that works? Sure. Yes, um, for example, I just got back from Sundance and um, I was actually talking to somebody about um, something I was incorporating in my film and I asked this person um, just in the conversation and not in any kind of insulting way but I asked this person do you know anything about the Bible because I was talking about this verse and the person looked at me and said no like literally no and it really broke my heart because I, I, I just I was shocked it, 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 it just was like no I don't and um, and that one person represented probably thousands of people there at Sundance and um, you know so I, I continued to tell this person what was going on in my movie and how I was just uh, focusing on this one verse in in my in my film and um, you know and I'll always be bold for the Lord always but um, so that's the reality of it but, but to answer your question you, you don't really go around saying, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and, and this is it. it. It has to kind of come up in a way where you want to be heard and you want to be taken seriously as it relates to the film. Right. Or you won't be taken seriously. Right. And that's how I've found people, that's how I've gained credibility with it, like my own film, Angels in Rocket Field. If I were to go around saying, I have a faith-based film about a, ba a boy and a baseball player or a rapper, it'd be like, yeah, good for you. I didn't right. do it that way. That wasn't my approach. I said, I have a, I have a great film with a really strong message that's going to touch hearts and hopefully change lives. And then I incorporated God's Word um, with, with a Bible verse and um, in the rap song. Right. has a prayer in it. So you have, to, you have to do it in a way that's going to capture attention or they're going to... No, and, and I've heard this said a lot of times. You, you earn the right to share the gospel, and that means that until you love somebody, until until you can get into their life, and you guys are in a world that has such potential. Uh, same thing with this world here. Uh, whether you like it or not, people spend more money on entertainment and sports than any other thing in this country. It's the one thing where you get rid of politics, you get rid of color or social economic background, and where you can bring people together for a common message, where you get rid of all that noise uh, so I guess my question to you guys is where do you go next where 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 do you see um, the faith-based community going uh, in the current in the current film world in the current you know, you've got Netflix you've got Amazon you've got all sorts of things going on uh, where that where the, the dynamics changing right do you guys see TV going away oh absolutely not I mean if anything I think TV is uh, is gaining gaining ground um, and I think that certainly Netflix and Amazon as those sort of sort of middle grounds between television and film, they're doing nothing but growing. In fact, I think that uh, Netflix and Amazon were the two biggest buyers at Sundance this year. Don't hold me to that. That might not be right, but I think I remember seeing that. Um, and it's exciting. I mean, it should be exciting for anyone who 
for anyone who does faith-based films, faith-based films, or any other uh, sort of niche-type film, because there's so much bandwidth out there to get your film out, and if, you, if your film is good, it will find an audience if you help the audience find the film. And Michael, you know? where are you going with your next project? What are you guys? What are you doing? So it's interesting. I've got a, a, a project that I just shot this week. It's actually a documentary about a single event, and uh, we we hit the edit next week, and. Uh, we're going to be uh, first taking that to. Um, we're going to be distributing that first through one of these sort of screening on demand services. So that uh, this is about an individual who has a huge, huge fan base worldwide, and so, and so if a if a fan is in Buenos Aires and he wants to do a screening, he can sign up on the site. And if he gets more than twenty five people, the movie will show there. So um, we're we're kind of taking trying to take advantage of that kind of cutting edge. Uh, technology to build up the audience before we do a more mainstream If people want to see your work, where can they go? So my, my most recent film is called Six LA Love Stories. You can uh, just Google that. It's on Amazon. It's on okay. Netflix. It's on lots of, lots of things. It's um, a great yeah. movie. Okay. Pamela, so when can we expect uh, the, the full movie with Rockets? I don't know about that yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> um, it's on the festival circuit yeah. now, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but I'll definitely keep you posted. You know I will. No, that's a great story. Thank you. Great story. And uh, we appreciate you guys coming out. To, I'm glad we finally got to see each other face to face. I'm sure we'll be talking very soon. Amen to that. Uh, Michael Dunaway, Pamela Perrine, uh, doing the work in a tough business to be if you're a Christian. Uh, so we're looking. But, but you know what? It was the same thing in the NFL until we broke through, right? And Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. Yeah. St. Francis. <laughs> there you go. We're Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.